TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. America. I am not a number. I am a free man. Wiggins America. The only thing I'm going to need from you guys right now is a cup of coffee. Wiggins. Today's global economy waits for no man. America. Today's global business climate is like, whatever, dude. Politics is a dirty game. I'm not sure we want to play. There are forces here at work that you couldn't possibly understand. You have no idea how high up this goes. Welcome to Wiggins America. All battles are spiritual in nature. Wiggins America. Hey, it's Wiggins America. We are, of course, going to talk about Hunter Biden this week. We have to. Let's also talk, though, about the riots in France. Why are they happening? We're going to talk about that in just a segment or two here. I've got an imam, the imam of peace. You may have seen him once or twice before. He's not real famous, but you may have seen him pop up. He's a wise man. And he has a lot to say about why this is happening in France and why the West really is allowing it. It's not just France. And this is a clip I've got that's over a year old. So it's it's great because it's not like he's just addressing what's happening now. He's addressed this before. Can't wait to play that for you in this hour. In the very next segment, though, I have a really weird thing that happened to me that I'm going to share with you via Trisha. Trisha's going to come in the studio. I want to explain the situation and see if I reacted correctly, because I don't know that I did, and I feel really embarrassed about it. Please stick around for that story and let me know what you think, at Radio Wiggins on Twitter. In the meantime, though, really quick here, I do want to get to that segment with Trisha. She's waiting to come in the studio, so I don't want to take too much time on this, but kind of a headline this week that I've been thinking a lot about is 2024. We all think about the presidential election But this article from The Hill really caught my attention. It's very true that the Senate is going to be really, really interesting to watch in 2024. The Democrats had a very favorable map in 2022, which is why you always hear, ah, they didn't, Republicans supposed to have a wave election. They didn't even take back the Senate. That's true. But they also had a tough map. In 2024, they won't. They're going to actually have an easy map. Get this. From The Hill, the Democrats' 51 to 49 seat majority is in jeopardy. Chuck Schumer's party is defending not only 23 seats compared to only 11 for Republicans, but also defending seats in the most competitive races. 
The 2024 Senate map is still an uphill climb for Democrats who are almost exclusively on defense and have very little margin for error given their narrow majority, said an analyst with Inside Elections, a nonpartisan election tracker. Republicans have three excellent pickup opportunities in West Virginia, Ohio, and Montana. And those should be shoe-ins. Even if you don't pick up all of them, you pick up one or two. Along with the presidency, you got the majority. Even without it, you probably do. While Democrats have just one opportunity to pick up in Texas. That's a stupid thing to say. Democrats are not going to take Ted Cruz's seat in Texas in 2024. Maybe in a blue wave year, they would have a chance. But this ain't that. So... Looking forward to 2024. We always talk about the presidential election. We don't mention the Senate enough. The Republicans really could. In a really good election for Republicans, they could take back more than just three seats. It's just that three is kind of the floor. Take a break right there. We'll be right back with the story with Trish. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Trisha, I, I have a story that I want to tell you, which you are great at discerning. Like, was I right or wrong in this? All right. I'm looking forward to it. I was, Lay it on me. I was highly embarrassed. I thought you were going to say I was high. No. That seemed out of character. I was super high. You were so high again. <laughs> and not even on drugs. Life. On sugar, sugar and life. Sugar and yeah. life, yeah. Um, this, came, this is two weeks ago now. I was at a wedding in Chicago. I mentioned this a little bit, I think, last week. But I, I wanted to hold this story because I wanted your opinion on it. Thank you. Because at the end, I'm I'm very, very embarrassed and I need to know whether I should be because I still am a little bit. Or if you're like, no, no, you're fine. So I'm at a wedding full of people who I don't really know, but my, my friend Chris got married and he's a film producer and he produced a lot of my own stuff in the past, my TV stuff. He was a director for it. And he's produced tons of other things. So I'm sitting at a table of people that I don't know, but mm-hmm. I recognize from other productions he's done. And they probably recognize me too. So we all kind of introduce ourselves. And this is just context. This isn't the embarrassing part. We're sitting at a restaurant that like serves Hong Kong style food. Have you ever heard of this? Mm-mm. So it's Chinese food, Hong yeah. Kong. But it's a, it's a little bit different because it's got this British Western kind of 
flair to it. And so what does that of, even look like dish wise? Yeah, so it, a lot of curries and duck is a big part of it. Mm. It was kind of like royal food that was served to probably British dignitaries in Hong Kong. So it's still Chinese food, but it's a little bit different style. Interesting stuff. Is that the embarrassing part? No. No, it's fine. Because that sounds delightful. Yeah, it was it was fine. I, Katie loved it, my wife, but I thought it was I just thought it was good. But the experience was interesting because you're sitting with a bunch of people you don't know. Now this is a wedding, so I think that's normal at a wedding. Sure. But I think that's the way these restaurants are. Like if you come in as a couple, you're probably sitting with eight people you don't no, know. Kind of like when you go out for hibachi and Kinda, you sit yeah. at one of those long tables. Exactly. And... Similar. But there's nobody cooking at your table. They just drop dishes in the middle, and it's like a lazy Susan, a turntable that you just keep turning it, and everybody who wants a dish, you just turn it, and so it's family style with a bunch yep, of strangers. Yep, and so that's a, it's a little strange. So you get to know these people a little bit more than you would. Pass me the duck. Yeah, because everybody's like, so if somebody's dishing something out, you can't turn it, you know. And they, I mean, they dish after dish after dish. It took two hours. They just put dishes out this the whole time. This sounds like a fun experience. It was neat. It was u- unique. I didn't think the food was anything incredible, but it was good. Um, but the experience was different. So you get to know the people around your table a little bit. So we get done with that, and we're supposed to go to this theater. And I don't really know what the show is, and apparently nobody else So this else isn't did. the wedding. This no, is... This, well, this is the reception. So the wedding had already happened at a courthouse. Nobody was invited. But the reception has multiple venues? Yeah. The reception had dinner. And then since you're in Chicago, you just walk up the street to a theater. Well, we didn't realize how close the theater was. So we got in our car and drove five minutes. And then (laughs) by the time we got out and parked, we're walking up to the address, which is really all we had. And then all the other couples are walking up at the same time and they didn't get in their cars at all. So we're like, oh, we're stupid. So that's not the embarrassing part still. I figure it's a bunch of people who are mostly from Chicago, as far as I know. And so we're the out-of-towners. So we have an address is all we have for this theater. And it says, you know, dinner and then a show we love. That's all we knew. And I didn't bother to check into it more. I just knew I was going to this address. So fine. I didn't know if anybody else did. But apparently nobody else did either. Nobody else knew anything about this show. So we're walking up, and it's an address. Look up at the sign. The sign is existent, but there's no words on it. It's It looks like a sign that had been at a previous business that they kind of painted over, mm-hmm. but then never put a new name mm-hmm. on. And so, I'm so like, you're not sure that this is a real like <laughs> venue anymore, an exactly. operating venue. And we're dressed not super nice, but nicer. And you can tell the other couple's that you were just sitting with and other people in that same restaurant are dressed a little nicer. So they're walking up too. And the, everybody's kind of doing the same thing, walking up to this door. And it's just like a single door. It doesn't look like a like, theater. Are we at the right place? Yeah. Did we get the wrong address? Sign says nothing. So we walk up and I'm assuming because we're the out-of-towners that these people are going to know, oh, that's what this is. Like because they're from Chicago. As if Chicago's... You know, Wichita. A small town yeah. where everybody knows everybody <laughs> where, and everything. You know, there's mm-hmm. one or two theaters yeah. in town and you're you're mm-hmm. you're gonna know it. Well, none of these people had ever been to this theater, so I didn't know that. So I'm looking around and they are kind of two, 
but they're playing a lot cooler than me. I'm, I'm not cool, so I just am looking around. You're panicking, like, yeah, sweating, like, pacing. <laughs> you're starting to make weird I'm, noises. I'm making, I'm making obvious gestures. You're, you made a scene at this I point. don't know what I'm doing. You're stopping traffic. Yeah. Whereas everybody else is just kind of walking by like, <laughs> hmm, well, this it looks is like it wouldn't be the door, but I'm not going to stop. And I'm right. like, look, look I, somebody's got to do something here. So I open this kind of rickety door. It's it's not broken. It just doesn't look like you'd be going into a theater. So I open the door, and I walk in, and it, it is a very small laundromat. <laughs> <laughs> like, barely the size of maybe half of this studio, which uh-huh. means nothing to anybody listening, but it's not big. Yep. And Are there people in there? There's, no, there's nobody in it, but there's laundry going. And so I look over to the left. There's some just old pipes and stuff, and I'm like... This is clearly not a theater. So I turn and I walk back out and the other couples kind of were waiting for somebody to go into what they thought would be the door to same address. And they're like, that's a laundromat. I mean, you can see it when I open the door, it's a laundromat. So they don't go in. And then we're all standing there not knowing what to do. And I'm thinking, I'm going to ask you guys, but they don't know. So I, I'm like, I don't really know. And Katie's like, we should go just ch- like go into the doors next to it because maybe they got a number wrong. Yep. But there really are no doors nearby. So we walk back in, me and Katie and a couple other couples. I'm glad you guys aren't the only ones here. Right. So we go back into the laundromat. <laughs> thinking just in we're going to discover something. Yeah. So we're standing in this laundromat that's <laughs> this not very big. Clearly not the right place, but let's just stay. <laughs> yeah. But it's the right address. And so we're all, it's just like that lady who's following the GPS and she drives off of a pier into, into the, the water. lake. Like, yeah. I think we're all doing that. Mm-hmm. We're going, but the address says we're <laughs> right in place. So we're standing. Had we're, anybody looked to see if it didn't have a theater name on there? It, it, on no, the invitation? I think it said something like, I can't remember if it did or not, but it, we didn't have a printed, you know, mm-hmm. invitation. It was an email invitation, so nobody's holding an invitation. We Nobody just, could pull up their email and double well, check? we could, but we, we just had the address. I don't know if we were You know what I'm saying? Name. If yeah. it said Wildy Theater, then well, you I could go to GPS. And that's what is happening at the moment. Everybody's People are, kind okay, of doing their that. phones out, yeah. going, what, what is happening mm-hmm. here? Everybody's getting ready to text Chris. So we're standing, and there are like three or four couples and me and Katie are standing in this small laundromat, not knowing what to do. And then we realize that there is a handle on one of the, and these are upright machines. So it's got washer on top, dryer on bottom. They're all upright machines. There's a handle on one of them, a door handle. So I reach over and I grab this door handle, I turn it, and the washer and dryer opens like a door into a lounge oh that's sweet it was awesome that's amazing and i mean genuinely tricked all of us none of us had any idea we walk in and it is a lounge with a nice bar and a guy standing at the bar in like a semi-circle little like created bar around him doing magic tricks Wow! it's a magic show that's amazing yeah so we're like oh my gosh this is incredible but the lounge like, like there's a person standing there with the velvet rope. They're like, yeah, come on in. You've made it or whatever. It's like a speakeasy, mm-hmm. but it's not for alcohol. They serve alcohol, but it's for magic. So this guy's doing magic tricks. We're all just kind of sitting around. He's funny. You know, he's doing real tricks, but he's doing a lot of comedy. 
And it was great. I mean, it was really incredible, the experience. So I think, man, I think I'm going to go back outside and walk back in holding my camera to show how crazy this is because i got to show somebody else this. Even if I don't end up posting it, I want to show a couple friends what this looks like because nobody's going to believe it. Mm -hmm. So I do, and I walk back in, and I sit back down. So we're watching this show, and then I start thinking, man, based on how many people were in the restaurant, there's no way all these people are going to fit in this lounge because it's not big. So I'm like, is this not the theater? So then the, the, the guy at the bar kind of gets done, and he's just doing this thing. He's, he's, not, he's not like doing a formal show. He's just doing stuff. So then they're like, hey, one, one at a time, they start bringing couples into a different room. So we're like, oh, we're supposed to follow. I see Chris walk by, so I'm like, oh, we're supposed to walk over there. So your buddy that is the groom is, is there, yeah, yeah, so you know that wife. you're at the right place. We're at the right, we know that. And because these couples are all there too. So we know like, okay, we've made it to the right place. So Chris walks by. <clears throat> so I think, and he kind of waves at me. So I'm th- I'm like, Katie, we need to go over there now. Well, I, we stand up and the magician goes, no, 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 no. You don't go yet. And we're like, but the groom of the wedding, <laughs> part of this just waved us over. And he's like, do what you want, but you're not going to be able to go anywhere. So we're like, what does that mean? So we walk over to where he was. There's nobody there. It's just like a study. It looks like an old clue study. And that's where the velvet rope is mm-hmm. and the, the maitre d' or whatever. So she's like, yeah, just wait here a second. So we are. We're standing there. And we waited probably longer than most people because we weren't really supposed to walk over there yet. The magician was right. A couple more couples walk over. And then the maitre d' goes, <clears throat> okay, um, let me just tell you a little bit about what you're the show you're going to see. And we're like, oh, that wasn't the show. Okay. So she tells us a little bit about, it's going to be a magic show. It's got these great performers or whatever. And then she goes to open a staff only door, which we're like, oh, the trick is that it's not actually staff only. She goes to open it and a fireplace shifts to the right on a different part of the room. And then you walk into this big theater. That's very cool. So again, super cool, Mm -hmm. super impressed. And they're so good at not letting you know what's going on. And again, since I don't even know the name of the theater, I feel comfortable telling the story because nobody's going to know what it is. So I'm like, this is amazing. So I've already got the video walking into the laundromat. So I'm like, I got to show this one too. So I take a video walking into this one. So I walk into the theater. Well, there's a, there's a separate maitre d' standing there. And this dude, it looks like a bouncer. Mm-hmm. And he sees me holding my phone and he goes, to get into the theater... You have to delete that video, or you can't. You can't have a video. We've we've spent five years building this. We don't want people posting about it. And I'm like, oh, okay, I understand that. So I said, I won't post it or anything. He goes, no, I gotta see you delete the video off your phone. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel so embarrassed. So I'm standing there doing this with these couples that none of them mm-hmm. did it. So I'm feeling embarrassed, like they knew. Oh, you got to keep this a secret, but I don't. I don't know that. Yeah. So that's the embarrassing part. I feel really bad that they're all standing there watching me like an idiot exposing this secret. So should am I, I still feel kind of embarrassed about it. I'm talking about it on the radio, but I'm not, you know, yeah. it's in, in exact terms. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you should feel necessarily embarrassed. Not about the other. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe a little. Yeah? Yeah, maybe a little. 
I no. thought that they were going to stop. I thought you were going to get in trouble for videoing the laundromat part even. Well, he, he did. I mean, he said, I got to see, delete the videos. Yeah. So I did. So he knew about that other video too well, he because he know, didn't but actually think, talk to you until right. that second He saw part. me pull it up on my phone and saw that I had a couple, I think, and, and said, you got to delete them. Yeah. And I'm like, man. Was he a jerk about it? He wasn't nice. He wasn't a jerk jerk, but he wasn't nice. Yeah. And I, but I get where they're coming from. Yeah. So if he had been nice, I would have been like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But he was super strict and just kind of like, I felt like he was like a flea market dealer, like where he's like just being firm about it for uh-huh. no reason. And so I think that's why I felt bad. Plus a bunch of couples I didn't know who all were literally in the same boat as me, not doing anything uh, like they weren't videoing anything. So I'm like, dang it. It's the kind of thing that would be cool to have a video of, but there's a reason there are no videos of it. Well, you know what, though? We went back to my brother-in-law's, and we told him about the whole experience, just like I'm telling you. Yeah. And he pulls it up online. There's tons of videos. Are there? (laughs) So people have already done it? Yeah. So, of course, it's it's the video age. You can't stop everybody. So they're already out there. So then I felt a little justified, like, well... Mm-hmm. Shoot, I mean, I mean, given what we do, wanting to document something like that, and just because it was a cool experience, I understand your desire to be able to more fully tell the story with yeah, images with and video. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Uh, I wouldn't have done it. Oh, Sorry, well, hey. because I would have been fearful that that yeah. guy was going to be like, "Yeah, no." Well, I didn't know it's there was like a when guy. They say, when you go to a comedy show and they say, "Absolutely no cell phones." Mm-hmm. You're not giving away the jokes. You obviously can't police that completely. Yeah. But I don't want to run the risk of being the one caught with my cell phone and oh, kicked well, out. It, you but, know? But if somebody had said, if there was a sign up anywhere, I would have thought, oh, I get it. But there wasn't. Yeah. You know, nobody said at the beginning of the show, don't video any of this. To me, I'm just experiencing something that I'm like, oh, I, th- I want to show this. Yeah. Yeah. So I felt a little bit duped myself. <clears throat> Because they could easily put up a sign somewhere that said, please don't share these videos. We want to keep this a secret. You understand. And I would have totally understood that. I wonder if there was a sign somewhere in the laundromat that said no videos. That I you mean, wouldn't if there have even was, noticed. you wouldn't see it. Yeah. And once you get inside, that's where I could see them having a sign. Hey, please, no video. We want other people to experience what you experience. Oh, totally cool. Because it did to end the they story. They should have a sign. I thought so. Yeah, they should have a sign. I thought, and and to conclude the story, we then watch a magic show with uh, one magician who does a half an hour, another magician does a half an hour. It's unbelievable. It's the craziest wedding I've ever been to in my life. It sounds amazing. And they it called, sounds like your friends are super oh, cool. Yeah, they are. They really are. And it made me regret not, not doing something more interesting, you know, at my own. Yeah. But this is also like... 50 to 75 people, whereas we had like 300 yep. people. I, I was going to ask that, that. How many how yeah. many people were there? So That's a very cool experience. Well, I don't know. I don't think you should feel embarrassed. I'm, I still wouldn't have done it, but... <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> but I think you can... Yeah. I'm sure you're not the only person that I'm not, that guy's yeah, stopped. Apparently they're out there. So yeah. if you, if you want to search like for magic in Chicago... I'm sure you can find, you know, if you go to Chicago, try to book this show. I don't think the tickets are cheap. I think you got to book them out like a couple months because it's that cool and popular. And like $65 is where the tickets start Mm -hmm. because we look to see. Um, But I highly suggest having the experience. And then if you go with somebody who you're listening now, if you go with somebody who did not hear that story, don't tell them anything. 
because you will love it. You really will if you travel to Chicago. So, thanks. Cool. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. All right, we'll take a short break. We'll be right back. Wiggles America. Tolerance, assimilation, and dominance. Those three terms go together in a, in a very unique way. This is Wiggins America, of course. I'm Ryan Wiggins. If you've listened to this show, you've maybe heard me talk about this in detail. Tolerance, assimilation, and dominance. You always go through these patterns when you have cultures that touch each other, whether they be subcultures that touch larger cultures or whether they be different racial groups. And it's not just now. This is something that applies to any time period, any country, any group, nation, whenever and wherever, that always you go through these three steps with different cultures and ideologies, tolerance, then assimilation, then dominance. And you can't really have them in any other way. Think about any two different cultures that you want, whether they be within the United States or a different time period or foreign, doesn't really matter. I mean, think about Iraqis and Kurds, for instance. I mean, anywhere you want to. These things will always play out in this way. You will first have the minority group will seek tolerance. They just want to be able to exist insofar as they are touching the other culture. So if they're not really interacting, then you won't see this happen. But the minute there's interaction between the two, this spectrum begins. This, this, this three-phase system plays out. Where first, the minority group seeks tolerance because they know they can't overcome the bigger culture. So they have to just say, well, we just want to exist. And that's fine. The larger culture then has to decide, well, how, how is this assimilation going to happen? Because they're touching. They can't just <clears throat> coexist. It doesn't ever happen that way. You can try. You can try to coexist. But ultimately, wherever they touch will end up having to become a new culture where one assimilates the other. Usually, it's the dominant culture that assimilates the smaller one, and they become a new hybrid culture that is still mostly the dominant one that's adopted certain things from the smaller one. In America, we have in the last roughly 50 years decided it would be the opposite, that the smaller minority would not assimilate into the majority that the majority would have to assimilate to the minority. Now, that in and of itself is not wrong if the minority group is good and has good culture and good ideology. I would argue that with a lot of the sexual proclivities, that that the whole goal is to make America a more sexual nation by taking a minority and saying, we need to assimilate to them. But that's really beside the point here. The point being that no matter when and where you see this happen, it will always follow that pattern insofar as the two cultures touch at all. Tolerance, then assimilation, then dominance. One of those cultures will dominate the other, whether it be the minority dominating the majority, but usually it's the majority dominating the minority, and you find a new hybrid culture. It's a very important thing to recognize in the world that we live, because while this has been true throughout all of history, it's more evident now than ever because we have what's growing into a global culture. Now, all of this hasn't happened yet, 
But it is happening all the time because we're becoming a smaller and smaller world where our cultures are touching more and more and more and more in ways that they never have before because of, because of transportation and communication. Following me? Now, with that all in mind, I'm going to play a clip here from a guy named the Imam of Peace. He's a Muslim, he's a Middle Eastern Muslim, but he describes what's happening in France in a way, with all the riots and everything that maybe you've seen in the last couple of weeks, this is, the way he describes this is a fearless way, and it is also, I believe, a very accurate way, and see if you can hear that system, tolerance, assimilation, and dominance in what he says. Funny enough, the IRGC cannot operate in Saudi Arabia. Their supporters cannot have bank accounts in the UAE. The other extremist groups, like the Muslim Brotherhood, who are friends with the IRGC and Hezbollahi people, they cannot operate in Bahrain, in Oman. These are Muslim countries. Where do they operate? In London, in France, in Washington, D.C., in Australia, in Canada, Toronto. They operate here. They have bank accounts. They register charity. Right. So Macron, the president of France, recently said the Islamic world is in a crisis. In my opinion, yeah, we do have problems. We do have Boko Haram. We have Al-Qaeda. We have Taliban. We have problems. But the broader picture, Islam is very successful. It's growing very fast. And we're doing really well. Dubai is not in a crisis. Abu Dhabi, the UAE, Bahrain, Oman, Kuwait, there's no crisis there. The Muslim countries are doing good there. Only some places there's a problem. I say, no, you are in a crisis. You went to the Muslim countries and you imported the garbage that the Muslim countries wanted to put in prison or isolate away from society. You went and you imported them. Why? For cheap labor. But these Islamist extremists, they don't want to work. They want free welfare. They want to marry French women, blonde hair, blue eyes. They don't have time to work. So look at Poland. They don't complain from Islamic extremism, not a single terrorist attack in Poland. The moment they sense there's a problem, they crack down on it. Polish policy, beautiful. The French, no. When they come, they use the resources. They go to uh, Washington, D.C., and they sit in Congress. They support the Iranian regime. They go against the sanctions in Congress, right, with their hijab. Why? Because the ideology is filth to begin with. When you import that, or you allow it in, or you amplify it, or you glorify it in any way, you make your bed, sleep in it. So that is also a problem of the West. The question is, Tina, did the extremists become stronger or the West become weaker? I say it's both. France has to decide whether French culture will survive as French culture or it will become a new culture that is much, much more influenced by, in his words, Islamic terrorism or Islamic uh, you know, the sort of the violent part of Islam. France is dealing with this right now, and he points out that the West has done a really bad job of this. I think he's on to something. And you know the reason I think he's on to something? 
is because we're not really willing to talk about it. Anytime you have something that is off limits, I want to go there. I'm thankful that that guy is going there. We'll be right back with Old Roy. Old Roy is here. Old Roy, hello, and good weekend to you. Same to you. I still have not given you your birthday gift, and that is on me. Yeah. Because it is well past your birthday now. But remind me, when we go back into the office at the end of this segment, since we have a little break, to give you your moon pies. I will remind you. Let's talk about some news. The As we were just getting ready to start this, you know, I had some things planned. And then we start talking about Hunter Biden and cocaine. <laughs> and uh, and I, as such, and as usual, you have a bit of a conspiracy theory to share about it. Yes. Please. Okay. For, do tell. <clears throat> well, so there are, there are grumblings out in the conspiracy sphere. Yeah. And you don't have to cite anybody when you say that. No. It just exists in the ether. It's, it's there. Yeah. Um, that the the Democrats are starting to uh, initiate this plan to get Biden out um, in time to to put in a new candidate to run against presumably Trump or whoever is is on the other side. So <clears throat> um, there are those of us who have thought that this was the plan all along was that he would he would do what they needed him to do for as long as they needed him to do it but then come 2024 he'd resign or there'd be a health thing or something would come up and they'd they'd have an excuse <clears throat> to get him out and put in the next puppet and so this is the master plan this yes. is them saying, okay, we got this figured out. Now, in July, on July 4th of 2023, we're going to plant cocaine in the White House and then make sure that Secret Service finds it first ahead of everybody else to make sure that it's a news story. I, I'm not saying that that's what happened. <laughs> but um, You're really good at this. Yeah. You know how to do this. Oh, yeah. No, it, it's... It's just, uh, it made me think of it when I, the headlines everywhere, and it just seems like uh-huh. such an inane thing to be, everybody to be dwelling on if everyone was still 100% in the Biden camp. I, I will agree with you on that. This seems like simultaneously <clears throat> such a ridiculous news story and yet emblematic of the horrid ridiculous way that the white house is being run right now yeah because it's like do i really care if <laughs> like you said corinne jean-pierre denied i didn't even see this yeah you said she denied that it could be even anybody from the first family including hunter biden because right. they were there the day before and the day after but not that day that they found it yeah. <laughs> oh okay <laughs> it. thanks um and you know like we're gonna get an official explanation they go yeah yeah that was hunters like they're, they're, of course they're not gonna say anything but well and if it was if it was something coming from the the right to try a, a gotcha thing, it's so pathetic. It's like the 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 barrage of stuff they throw at Trump is just emboldening his supporters. Right? Yeah, and it's serious stuff they're trying to to concoct against him. Does anybody think that 
there was cocaine found in Washington, D.C., or even in the White House, especially after the fact that they've made all of this about Hunter being at the White House for the state dinner, and he's he's hanging around, and he's... And it's not going to sway anybody one way or the other, yeah, at all. No. So it's it's not even like it's a good, you know, clickbait thing because it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, okay to it, yeah, but I agree, but it, but it totally is clickbait because I think just the the, the fact that it was on July fourth that they found it and. You know that it's not the first time anybody's ever found anything in the White House, yeah. whether it be this president or another, but they had to call it in because they thought, oh, what if it's anthrax or something? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's the story. That's apparently why this happened. But I, I will disagree with you on this conspiracy theory. Oh, no. I do not think that they are trying to get Biden out of the White House at all. I think that it is that insane of a circus in his family and inner circle, that this stuff just keeps happening. And a lot of it is Hunter. I mean, that dude is a mess and apparently is the the, the leaky source of the dam that is the Biden family shoring up their offshore illegal activity, bribery, whatever. But you don't think it's weird that <clears throat> they deny everything? Biden's perfectly mentally sound his health has never been better than any president ever and their the laptop was a russian they deny everything and then instantly it leaks that there's cocaine in the white house how could that because leaked when they've shut down everything else up to this point well because with the cocaine thing White House business, if you have to call in people for White House business, it's it's public record. And they're supposed to release visitor logs and things. And by the way, they're way behind on that, which is weird. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen any conspiracy theories on that, but it is weird because usually they're pretty up to date on those things. Or they catch back up quick, but they're way behind on their visitor logs. So you're like, can you, just, can you tell us who's been there? It's kind of part of the gig. Um, but with this one... I genuinely believe that they, that the Secret Service. Here's my conspiracy. Here, I'm going to go in on it. Okay. Here's my conspiracy theory that the Secret Service doesn't like Joe Biden and doesn't like working for that family, and that he. I mean, he may be a nice guy, but obviously he doesn't know where he's going. He's probably very difficult to plan with because they, there's a ton of planning that goes into any travel with the president, and he has probably no idea what's going on. So they, I think that they don't like his family very much and especially don't like Hunter Biden. And there's probably some genuine patriots on the Secret Service who don't like what's going on with the FBI and the DOJ. And they walked in and they said, the dude is freaking doing blow in the White House. (laughs) And we are just supposed to be like, oh, well, that's normal. And they said, forget that. We're calling it an anthrax report. (laughs) I think it was probably two rogue CIA or not CIA secret service agents who just decided forget this I'm not allowing the White House to be tarnished by the son of the president coming in doing cocaine and we have very little power but here is something we can do and they made it into a story it's possible it sounds less possible conspiratorial than 
than I thought it would when I said it. Secret Service, though, has historically not said things. You talk about tarnishing. There are administrations, previous administrations, who have done who knows. Oh, sure. God awful stuff. Of and, course. And there, it could be. Your your theory is is interesting, but not as exciting <laughs> as the fact that there may be aliens putting cocaine in the White House. I the aliens thing is a good thing, point to end on for this hour because a lot of people are saying, "Well, what are, they're just really they're doing this to cover up for the bigger news." Yeah. Anytime something comes out like aliens, they go, "Well, what?" What are they covering up for what's really going on? Mm. Not with aliens itself, but just the headlines. Yeah. And that's what they're saying. I'm seeing people say, well, the cocaine is really trying to cover up the fact that Biden was just slapped down by a federal judge on uh, grounds of free speech that, 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 that basically the government cannot communicate at all for the time being with social media platforms because that is a full-on injunction. With, actually, it was Missouri versus Biden. Mm-hmm. I've been following this fairly closely but there hasn't been a ton of movement for a while but that was a big case and they're right it's not being talked about as much as it would (laughs) with the with the shiny object in the sky of the chinese balloon and people did (laughs) it with that one too they go well what's really going on yeah because this balloon is it really a threat or is whatever else is going on that's the threat so all right we'll end yeah thanks Good ending. Good yeah. end of the hour. All right. We'll be right back with more of this, which, I mean, I can't imagine you'd want to leave this. <laughs> be right back. Get more at 971talk.com. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 